you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Tuesday, October 17th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest who manages to be tall and handsome and successful and well-to-do without being a complete a-hole. And that's a rare thing in this world. How he does it is a mystery. That he does it is what matters. He's the former number one overall pick. He's David Carr. Welcome back, D.C. Bless your heart, Drew. Bless your heart. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy, the recently heart-blessed NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. (laughs) And on today's show, have NFL defenses caught up to NFL offenses? Mm. If you watched just this week, it certainly felt that way. But first this oh he kept it he's still good running up the middle touchdown oh he faked me out Dak Prescott was 21 for 30 272 yards he had that one touchdown run he had a touchdown pass zero picks and zero doubt how important this one was coming off of the performance last week uh just wanting to respond I bet if you asked anybody in the locker room this game couldn't come fast enough I just want to get that taste out of your mouth and move forward you said the big win was a must win though Yeah, it was was a must win. Okay, David Carr, the Cowboys haven't lost back-to-back games in almost two years. And last night's 20-17 win across the street right here at SoFi Stadium ensured that that rather impressive streak remains active. Dak Prescott, the leading rusher for the Cowboys, seven carries, 40 yards, and that run to the paint. C.D. Lamb had seven receptions on seven targets for 117 yards. Other side of the ball, Justin Herbert still giving the finger to the world with that fractured middle digit on his non-throwing hand. He went 22 for 37, 227 yards, two touchdowns. He did have that pick. Austin Eckler on his return, 14 carries, 23 yards. Don't do the math on that one, Austin. (laughs) Keenan Allen, seven receptions, 85 yards, and this touchdown. It's a quick out to Keenan. Touchdown, Chargers, the captain, doing a dance. Bolts pass rushers sacked Dak five times. Chargers had nine penalties. Cowboys had 11 penalties. Okay, David, those are the stats. What's the story? (laughs) Dak did 
what he had to do to win a football game. And it was funny listening to the sound and hearing him talk about that they knew that they had, obviously they said it was a must win game. Yes, it was. And it's easy to say that in the post game because you just won. So it's easy to say that it was a must, a must win game. But what I saw from Dak is obviously the use of his legs, which is important. And I think that anytime you play a, a team and, and the Chargers played well on defense, I thought, I thought they challenged him on the outside. Obviously CeeDee Lamb had his, had his plays, but you know, I, I really think that for the Dallas Cowboys to get their best, right, their best Dak is he has to be involved in the run game. And he just made himself involved. You know, they obviously they used the inside zone read that he broke for the touchdown, which was great. They should have done that against San Francisco 49ers last week. I was begging for you it on begged, TA. You like, begged please. him. Right? So they did it. It ended up being a score. But then he also did it just in, like, the fluidity of the play where he stepped up created some lanes for himself, ended up picking up a couple first downs, running the football, actually stepped up and made some nice throws. And you just have to do that, man. Like, you have to play quarterback that way. You can't play cautiously. And my fear around the Cowboys, you know, really all year and even since August when we visited the Cowboys in training camp, is that they would try to put this cocoon of this bubble around Dak to just keep him on the field. And that, I'm sorry, you just can't play football that way. I've, I've seen teams try to do that. You know, where they sign their quarterback to a long-term deal. He's, you know, usually been a guy that's involved in the run game. They try to make him a pocket passer. And you just lose. You just lose so much of your offense. You lose so much personality as a quarterback. Dak has always been. You go back and you watch his peewee football tape. I bet he's running more than he's throwing. Right? And so he has that ability. And you can't just take that away from a guy and force him to be Tom Brady in the pocket or Peyton Manning. There's, there's only been like five of those guys ever. Right? So you've got to utilize that ability to play make. And I love that he did it, and it won the game for him, honestly. Something you mentioned about the sound that we heard from Dak. So as a quarterback who's been in positions like that before, if you lose that game, you, when asked, was this a must-win game, you say, no, 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 of course not. We're going to be fine. <laughs> That's right. We have 11 more games right. to come. Yep. But if asked, was this a must-win game, and you won it, After, absolutely it was uh, a must-win game. They're written on our binders. <laughs> 26 <laughs> rushes on the night for this Dallas offense, 30 passing attempts. It certainly sounds yeah. like balance. Now, on paper, the yards per rushing attempt that simply weren't there. But there was a balance of touches, if not yards. How important is that for this specific Dallas Cowboys team? Yeah, it's, it's, it's big. It's, I think that when, when you look at offenses – I honestly, I don't get as even concerned about the yards. I think that we talk about coverage dictators a lot. I talked about that with Darren Waller with the Giants. There's other guys obviously around the league that, you know, teams have those guys. But I think you can do that with the way you call a game also. If I'm calling 20 runs, 20 plus runs, I'm going to get certain coverages because if, even, if you have Tony Pollard and you play a light box and he's running the ball 25 times, if you continue to play a light box, he's going to crack one of those runs. And that's, that's dangerous, right? So you got to bring an extra guy down. you got to do some run-oriented fronts and blitzes. And that just lends itself to some, some open lanes in the secondary. And that's what we saw. We, were, we saw guys with their eyes in the backfield a little bit. CeeDee Lamb was able to find that middle to intermediate range. They mixed it up a little bit. I thought, Mike McCarthy, I thought, did a great job. Early on, I think he did a good job. He kind of ran out of stuff. He was trying to be creative, and he was trying to do some things to push it forward. And I love it. I commend him for that. You have to do that in this league. I always tell you, it's like 30% of your offense should be guaranteed. It should just be easy button. You push it. The quarterback knows where to go with the football. It's just based on alignment, and you just don't have an answer for it on defense. They need to do more, do more of that. They did the other night. But I think just the ability to say, you know what, we're going to run the football, right? He's always said he's going to run the ball this year. We haven't really seen it. 
And the, like, it, it just proves our point. Like you don't necessarily need the hundred yards off the 20 carries. You can have 50 or less. It doesn't matter. Just call the runs. That's going to set up your play action pass, your second level stuff. So I thought it was great. You know, it's, it's one of those deals that you look at it and you're the Cowboys. Okay. It's a win, right? But it's not, it's not a world beater team. Like we know the chargers, the chargers are up and down both on offense and defense. You know, but this is something that they can probably build on. So when they do run into one of those world beater teams, they have that DAC. You can be our athlete, right? You can actually help us, right? We can call more runs, right? We can be a little bit more creative. Like all those little components add up. And hopefully if you're a smart coach and you're Mike McCarthy and you've played a lot of football, you've been around a lot of football, you can kind of build that. Like just, just start snowballing that offense, right? That's what we saw the Jets. Like a couple weeks ago, we saw the Jets do some good things. And they kind of snowballed it, right? And now it's a lot of those things show up and Zach Wilson's playing good football. So they got a good defense. That's the thing with the Cowboys. It's like, would you take another defense? I mean, there's probably like maybe two or three other defenses. I would say, yeah, give me them. You know, maybe on the back end, they're still working through some things, but Deron Bland's playing good football. You know, he's not Trayvon Diggs, but he's making breaks on balls. He's going to pick off some more. Like he led the team in interceptions last year. He's going to, he's going to get his hands on some more footballs this year. So I like I like the Cowboys where they're at and what what I saw from them yesterday. They just got something to build on. The last two seasons for the Dallas Cowboys have ended with a loss at the hands of the San Francisco 49ers, who of course embarrassed yeah. them in Week Five, that Sunday night game in Santa Clara. But there is a sense of inevitability that this Cowboys team yeah. will, of course, get into the playoffs and will very likely as the fates tend to do, uh, will have to face their nemesis, the San Francisco 49ers, in a game that really matters, a game of real consequence in December, in January, in the playoffs. On that day, was last night the kind of game plan that Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott should look back to and say, hey, let's not forget what we did in that week after that loss to the San Francisco 49ers. Maybe that's more of what we should be doing against world beaters like yes. a San Francisco 49ers Yeah, and I think there's team. going to be a sense of reality that has kicked in at this point because I think before this last week five matchup against San Francisco, for some reason there was this thought that the Dallas Cowboys could roll in there with a stagnant offense, no red zone threat from the quarterback, and no real playmaking ability by anyone other than CD, and just say, yeah, we'll, we'll beat the Niners. Like, let's be real. Like, it's going, to take, it's going to take more than your average effort, right? And I think what we saw against the Chargers is them saying it is going to take more. We do have to do a little bit more with Dak. We do have to push the envelope with him running the football, maybe picking up some, some yards with his, with his legs. We've got to push the perimeter with some fly sweeps to Brandon Cooks, who's clearly kill, still capable of doing such things. You know, and, then, and then spread the football out, just make some plays. So, yes, when they, hopefully if they snowball some of this stuff, by the time they do see San Francisco, when no one in this entire world is going to give them a chance to beat San Francisco, that's when absolutely they have a chance. You talked about Tony Pollard a moment ago when you give, gave credit to Mike McCarthy for the commitment to the run, even if it didn't add up to yards. It definitely pulled that Chargers defense yeah. in a way that you needed them to be pulled. Uh, Tony Pollard, for me, was the star of the night. Yeah. A lot of talk coming out of this game about Dak Prescott, and he did. He had that rushing touchdown. He had that passing touchdown. But for me, Tony Pollard was the star of the night. One for the reps that he took, 15 carries, 30 yards. A great stat line? No. But the 15, to David Carr's point, that is the great number. That is a great stat. You ran it 15 times. He took the brunt of those hits on all 15, averaging two yards a carry. However, it really helped the Cowboys dictate the flow of the night. He also had two huge plays yeah. on the night. First, this 60-yard spinorama play, that one. Snap back. 
They've blocked it up. He, now he pulls it back. Now he escapes out to his right. Pollard in the middle of the field at the 35. Up to the 40. He broke away. Oh, they caught him. Throws back across the field, which made me a little nervous. But he found Pollard. Huge play. He kept waiting for somebody to do something to get open, and he found Pollard. That was on third and 11. Then, of course, he gave Dak the extra second that he needed with a huge block mm -hmm. on this Brandon Cooks touchdown. Good block in the backfield. Pressed that left side of the end zone. Brandon Cooks caught it. Touchdown. Was that Pollard who got that block? It was. Yes, it was. I Coming mean, that was a thing of beauty. That's what lets the play happen. A quick word on Tony Pollard. How grateful is an NFL quarterback to have a guy who, yes, has the speed and the explosion to turn, you know, five into 50, six into 60 like he did on that first play, but also has the wherewithal, the devotion to the cause to take a hit like he yeah. did making that block for the yeah. Cooks touchdown. Well, I think that's what's so uh, depressing for me when I see, like, the state of the NFL running back. I understand the business side of it and the fact that they – they can just go get a guy from college, get a guy with fresh legs, install him in the offense, and, yeah, he can carry the football, right? But that's not really what playing good running back entails. And you can ask LaDainian Thomas, and you can look at all the historically great running backs that have found themselves in those same positions, and will they stick their head in the A-gap and take a shot for their quarterback to win the game? Absolutely. And that's why we respect those guys. It's because it's not always the plays that you make when the ball's in your hands, it's the plays you make off the ball and being great in those roles. Like for so long with the Cowboys, it was Zeke. Zeke was a great running back, but man, the stuff that he did off the ball away in protections, just springing guys open, making plays like we saw Tony Pollard make on a check down where you're the fifth option and you just find a way to make a play like that stuff's invaluable for a team. It can do things like spring and catapult the team forward and say, oh, we got a chance because if one of our best players is giving that kind of effort, why aren't we all giving that kind of effort on every play? Because that's what it's going to take. Like back to we keep going back to the 49ers because you kind of have to. That's inevitable, like you said. You're going to run into that team again. You think you're just going to be able to just kind of go through your reads and go one, two, three and win a football? No way. Not against that team. It's going to take a it's going to take a superhuman effort, an effort like we saw Tony Pollard give. And it was great, great by him. Let's talk about effort in the more recent future, in the more in the near future, I should say. Cowboys next four games: Rams back in Dallas, then Eagles away, Giants back home in Dallas, then Panthers away. Not exactly a gauntlet of the best teams in the NFL, but anytime you see a Rams team that is not an easy out, mm -hmm. an Eagles team that is currently the class of that division, if not the NFC, and a Giants team, which is always tricky in spite of that week one scoreline that was gaudy. Yep. This is a divisional game and a Giants team that we saw a hell of a lot more guts from in that a close game against the Bills the other night. What do you need to see from the Dallas Cowboys to really be convinced that last night wasn't a mirage, that this is a team heading in the right direction? I think the best thing Mike McCarthy can do for his team is, is to just erase the opponent and don't even make it about them at all because you have to establish what you are as a Dallas Cowboy team. Because right? we talked about like what the Cowboys offense might look like. We kind of know what they are on defense. We have a pretty good sense of what they are on the defensive side of the ball, a good defensive football team. It's going to play very physical, maybe, like we said, questions on the back end. But I think that there's answers there. I think offensively, it's more about what we do. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't care who you put in front of us. Yes, we have to execute, execute but then there's also plays that we have to make that are above the X's and O's. There are situations that we have to put our quarterback in that maybe aren't safe, right, that maybe aren't comfortable, right? And that's, 
I think that's where you can get your best out of your quarterback is when you're not just kind of hand walking him through these moments, but you allow him to be creative and allow him to be the playmaker that he's always been. And Dak, if he's anything, he's been a clutch guy. Like we saw it even against the Chargers, like in that last drive, like he knows how to make those crucial plays. Like he's that guy. Like I don't think anyone questions the fact that he's going to show up in bigger moments, right? Maybe not in big games, maybe not the overall body of work where he's going to put together this beautifully orchestrated 35 of 38, right? But I think that when you need him to make a play on a drive, he's not going to shy away from those moments. So that's the type of stuff that I would start to focus on if I was Mike McCarthy, figuring out who we are and then who cares who's on the other side. Like, we're going to find out. We'll run into the Eagles. We'll run into San Francisco later. But let's take care of our business in-house first and find out who we actually are. Erase the opponent. I think that should be our mantra of the day, listener. Erase <laughs> the opponent. I really like that, actually. It's sort of channeling your inner George Costanza from Seinfeld, right? Like, it's not you. It's me. You're damn right it's me. It's not about the opponent. It's about you, Mike McCarthy. It's about you, Dak Prescott. And full credit for calling out a side of Dak Prescott's character as a player and as a man. He is willing to shoulder the burden in the moments that matter. Yep. He's willing to face the criticism in so many of these moments afterwards. But we see they're 11-1, and one, the Cowboys, in their last 12 games after a loss. That says a lot yeah. about culture. It says Good. a lot about coaching. And, yes, it says a lot about the leadership abilities of one Dak Prescott. A quick word on the Chargers. They lost by three. Mm -hmm. They gave up three with 7.47 to go in the third quarter when they were down 10-7. Fourth and one at the Dallas seven. Yeah. Brandon Staley, of course, chose once again to go for it. There was that incomplete pass to Josh Palmer. It's their sixth loss by three or fewer points dating back to 2022. That's the second most in the NFL behind only the Broncos. Not exactly great company these days. They had a bye week to yeah. prepare for this game. They didn't have an answer for Micah. Only the one sack they gave up of Justin Herbert, but he was pressured, I think, 18 times, pressured all night. What's the story for the it's bolts just, coming yeah. out of this one? Because it, it's, it's getting tired to say same old Chargers. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, unfortunately, like, and you kind of touched on it, like with a bye week, I just find them, I find them more like we can talk about like situational stuff and the decisions that Brandon makes. But I think more than anything, it's, it's having a plan in those moments. And it doesn't necessarily look like sometimes that they have thought through these, these moments where the fourth and one that you mentioned, like, is that your best play call? There were some crucial moments in that game that, like, that's going to – it's going to change the entire outlook of what happens. And I think that sometimes it looks like he just kind of, like, lets Kellen Moore or just kind of lets it happen. There's no real, like, all right, let's take a timeout and think about this. Like, let's make sure this is the right play. Let's make sure we're making the right decision here. A lot of times those plays, like, if you really notice, they'll come in late in the play clock. And it's like, I don't know if you guys really knew what you wanted to get to. And so when coaches don't do that, we say same old chargers, but it's going to be the same old chargers. It's going to be a moment where you, if you don't get a, an incredible performance by Justin Herbert, which you didn't really get that. He had a couple misses. Clearly him playing from the shotgun, not being a lot under center. The, the left hand is clearly bothering him as far as just his overall rhythm in the game. So that's if you don't get a great 500-yard effort out of him, he missed some throws that he doesn't usually miss. Then, then now it goes to we're playing a close game. Right. Are you going to make the right decisions as a defensive coach, as a situational guy for us to put us in position to win? They didn't do it again. I'm not surprised, unfortunately. Quick question to the quarterback. You you brought this up and I'm glad you did. I'm curious about that left middle finger for yeah. Justin Herbert, because he seemed off. I yeah, test start to finish it. last yeah. night. He seemed yeah. off. Yeah. Now, all the questions today. Well, how does that really affect a right-handed thrower of the ball? It made me think about watching you guys when you warm up, 
but also watching you once you've taken the snap, whether it's under center or in the gun, you are caressing the ball. You are moving it from kind of left hand into your right oh, hand into that perfect times, yeah. something that you've done 10,000 times becomes reflexive, yeah. becomes intuitive, becomes instinctual. And it's something that you don't think about, you know, unless you have a <laughs> splint on your left hand. Yeah, yeah it, it would be hard. Do you, do you reckon that's that's playing a role here? Absolutely. Well, we talked about it even with Joe Burrow and his calf, um, even though I think that the, the Joe Burrow thing was obviously it was clearly it lingered longer. It was something that he had to kind of work through and almost alter his game. But it doesn't matter what the injury is. If it isn't anywhere on your body and it changes and is able to creep into your mind as you're trying to make the perfect drop and throw a ball that has to be thrown at 60 miles an hour, 54 yards from where you're standing on a dot. Like if anything hinders that, then yes, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna be limited from what you can do. And as, as great as we've seen Justin play, we're kind of just accustomed to him making all these elite level throws you know routinely and when he doesn't i think that it affects him because now he's saying why did i skip that oh wait maybe it was because i couldn't like you said spin the ball and get the appropriate grip on it and a lot of times i know it's like it's okay it's his left hand yeah but th that's how i kind of like compress the ball yes into my right hand yes. to get a grip and if i have my fingers taped together i can't do that the same way and so if the ball is not seated correctly in my right hand for whatever reason right if that's an issue with my right thumb or if it's an issue with my left hand i can't compress it into my hand like you see like i've gone through games before and you can talk to other quarterbacks about this you'll be able to see the footballs that we played with on game day most importantly and you'll see indentions of where our fingers were because the grip pressure even though you don't think it's a lot like you're hanging on to that thing and it's both left and right hand like think about like how you have to hold the ball imagine guys like Micah Parsons lurking, right? Imagine like what you would be thinking in your head about how much grip pressure I need to have on this football. Yes. Not only to throw it, but to hang on to yes. it. Getting hit when I don't know he's coming. So I think it absolutely affects him. And I think more than anything, when he has a missed throw, that's when it even, it starts to snowball. And, he, and then he misses another one. Then he misses a wide open Keenan Allen, you know, and then now it's just in his head. And so now you're not gonna play your best. Translation, whether you're right-handed or left-handed, NFL quarterbacking is a two-handed job. Bolts next six games, Chiefs, Bears, Jets, Lions, Packers, Ravens. Hmm. You could look up and very quickly be four and seven. They yeah. are two and three right now. Cowboys are four and two. I think if we were to kind of read the tea leaves that David Carr has just placed in front of us, yes, it's too early to tell, but one of these teams looks like a playoff team and the other quite simply doesn't. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. 
Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like, check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, <laughs> hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got him. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with David Carr. And the final topic is the polar vortex, the large expanse of cold air that usually occurs over the Arctic, but is currently rotating over NFL offenses. Can I get a cold weather sound effect here, please? Something that may invite a shiver. Oh, very nice. 28 of 30 Week 6 teams scored 26 or fewer points. 22 of those teams scored 20 or fewer points. 16 scored 17 or fewer points. You get the point. Offenses seem down right now. Is this poor slash backup quarterback play? Is it limited play design, David Carr? Or have NFL defenses simply caught up to NFL offenses? Yeah, it's a, great, it's a great question, man. I get excited talking about this stuff because I think that there's so many different ways you can go. I, I obviously, I think that defenses are playing different now. I think that when we, we saw like this changing of the guard from maybe uh, the older era of, if you think about like the guys I played against with Peyton, you know, Tom Brady, and there were a lot of quarterbacks that played at the line of scrimmage and you were in a lot of base personnel. There was fullback on the field. There was a traditional tight end on almost every team, sometimes two or three guys. You got a lot more heavy personnel, like base, three linebackers, four down linemen, a strong safety. And now you like you look up and there's, you know, dime personnel. You got five defense, six, seven defensive backs on the field, maybe one traditional linebacker. So defenses, as we've seen that the traditional offense go away and the the kind of the new era come in, and the offenses were kind of they were blowing up and they were scoring a lot of points, and teams were like, well, we it's first down, we still have to play base. Now you don't really. Right. So the defenses have said, OK, you guys are going to play fastball like we're, we don't necessarily have to worry about stopping the run with seven heavy necks. Like, let's throw some DBs out here and we'll run with you if you want to run. And that's what teams are starting to do on defense. And they're catching up to these guys that are playing this, you know, college style, high, high paced, you know, no huddle type stuff. And so now you find yourself as an offensive guy 
and you're like, well, we have to continue to reinvent ourselves because if you have fast guys now like us and we're trying to press, you know, just playing fast and shifts in motion, you know, to your point, there's like three or four, maybe five teams that I would say probably three teams that really do this well, shifts, motion, speed, rip through progressions type offense, you know, on offense, you have to continue to either advance that or what I would say is lacking in all of this is a quarterback in his ability to decipher what's happening on defense and then get you in the right play. Okay, I think you've just opened the door for me there because can I assume that the three teams that you just uh, kind of intimated are the Chiefs with Andy Reid, yep. the Dolphins with yep. Mike McDaniel, and the Niners yeah. with Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Those are the three kind of assumed wizards, uh, right, of the NFL so wizard quick, ring, wizarding world. Mike McDaniel is watching single-wing football from the 1980s this summer when I talked to him at 4 a.m. So he's looking at a dinosaur and trying to make it look. What if I run the single wing with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle? Very, very interesting. Right? Okay, so it's a, for him it's about disguising Gotta be something different. that Gotta is adapt. tried and tested yeah, exactly. and true, but making it look the Trojan horse routine, making it look right. like something else That's right. and then springing the trap. That's right. Um, okay, so once you get past those three so-called wizards, what happens to the other 29 schmoes? Please, yeah. uh, none of you, you are schmoes. Yourself. All of you are very good at what you do. Um, however, when you do look at a Dolphins offense, when you do look at all the pre-snap motion, all the shifts, all the disguise that you see from the Chiefs, from the Dolphins, and yes, of course, from the Niners, the other teams start to look a little basic, a little basic Betty, a little predictable yeah. and that's for the layperson like me who never played the game so i should think nfl defensive coordinators are simply feasting on anything that feels and looks predictable so a, what's yeah. the what's the what's the salve here what's the solution training your quarterbacks correctly and i i don't think that we've done that like okay I, I so really, what do you mean by that is, is it is it kind of letting them do what they do yes yeah, so like if you get a veteran quarterback or like you see the ability to bring in young guys and they can play right away, right? And that's, that's fantastic. But like, let's just use Justin Fields for an example. Like he's played better football this year, but I would argue that there's still so much more for him to learn and to, to grow. And to, like when you watch him reading out coverage, he still isn't sure what he's looking at, right? And I don't know that anyone's ever really asked him to know what he's looking at. He's almost just asked, just rip through progressions. Don't care what they're playing on defense. And you can look really bad in that scenario. I think the answer to this is having quarterbacks play quarterback. And here's the, here's the best way I can explain it. You have a defense coordinator, you have an offense coordinator. They're going to call a defense based on your personnel, and your offensive guy is going to call the play he wants to call based on the down distance for the most part, right? And they kind of match that up. Well, the ultimate chess piece is we get to the line of scrimmage. The defense coordinator has now called a loaded box, right, single high safety, and we got a play called for cover two. We're going to run the football. Well, how do we get out of that scenario? Right. We either get out of it by shifting and motioning and doing some smoke and mirrors type stuff, which only three teams essentially do. Right. Dallas Cowboys, maybe once with Brandon Cooks the other night. Yeah. Right. Or you let your quarterback say, oh, we're going to get into something else. Easiest way to do this. Like I just always use this because it's not like right now happening. Derek with John Gruden and the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes. They went into the game with seven formations. And from those seven formations, Derek could get to any five to seven plays from those formations. And so it didn't matter. Like John could. Just call the formation sometimes. He would be like, hey, line up in, you know, bunch right slot. Okay, let's go to the line. Derek would use a dummy cadence. Boom. What coverage you in? Cover two? Great. We're going to run the football. 
easy, right? Easy stuff, but no one's really being trained like that. Like there's really only like maybe two or three teams that are even doing that, or even trying to do that. And it's with veteran guys that have played a while, right? That know how to do that. And if you're not one of those teams now, so say there's those three teams that do that, there's three teams that do this. You're stuck in a world now where you're just, the defense corner is watching your tape and saying, I'm going to clamp this. Right, right. I'm going to lock this up. Yep. You have no, I'll just line up based on your personnel group, based on your down and distance. You're going to run this probably 80% of the time, lockdown, right? Or like the Browns, right? Schwartz against Kyle is brilliant. Like not everyone has the ability to line up and play man coverage across the board and put pressure on the quarterback like that. So like that's a one-off. Like that's not, the Cleveland Browns, they have a stacked defensive roster with the ability to play tight man-to-man coverage on guys like that. But when you look around the league, like most teams, you know, they don't necessarily have, they don't necessarily have that ability, right? So you got to figure out ways to stop those teams. And it's by digging into the film and saying, okay, all right, if you're not going to ask your quarterback to audible, well, what are you going to do when I line up in this? Or I bring this pressure. Guys aren't even like Kurt Warner, if he was sitting here, I talked to him about this sometimes. Guys don't even adjust to blitzes anymore. Like we used to talk about hots and sights. Like I haven't said that on TA one time. Like we've shown all the different film, right? Like guys just don't, they don't do it. No one adjusts. They just, nah, we'll just buy time with our quarterback and hopefully we'll make, you're not going to make something happen, right? You might make it happen once, but in the grand scheme of the overall season, you got no chance, man, not to be, not to be consistent. So that's why defenses are winning. Translation, quarterbacks are being trained to take orders, not <laughs> empowered that's to right. give them. Yep. They are being trained to be the executors of someone else's will, not someone who is empowered to execute the right play in the moment, for the moment. Yep. Translation, no. NFL defenses are not catching up with NFL offenses. NFL offenses, according to David Carr, are falling behind. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from 
crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to thank today's very special guest, David Carr, and invite you to join us tomorrow when David Carr will be back in the chair to talk about something that is really nagging his brain right now. It's the burr under his saddle. It's situational football. You hear everybody talk about it. Why are we seeing fewer and fewer people do it? That's tomorrow. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.